Talks, a chat with Finance Malta, is the podcast series that gives you short, thoughtful and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry. I'm Vanessa MacDonald. Welcome. Welcome to another podcast from the Finance Malta series. I'm Vanessa MacDonald and here with me is Akis Tsekouras from Mastercard, who was in Malta for the Finance Malta conference. Akis, this is such an exciting time, really, because we're talking about fintech. And of course, there are a number of trends which are now emerging. You've been following this for a while. What do you see as being the main trends that we should be keeping an eye on? First of all, Vanessa, it's very nice being here with you. Well, it's a great time being in payments and in the fintech environment in general. And, you know, it's it's such an amazing place at the moment in financial services. Everything is changing. Everything is evolving. So, doing this study for Malta, we had the opportunity to put things together and see what is actually trending at the moment. So, let me... Let me give you the, the highlights, let's say. So first of all, real-time payments, amazing. You know, we live in the era of you know, the young Gen Z, millennials, uh, Gen A now. And these people, they have like zero tolerance for uh, delayed gratification, they need things now. So real-time payments is a big thing. I think it, it goes to real-time everything kind of logic. So it's, it's amazing. Second thing, also very generational and very trendy at the moment, sustainability. So if you are out of the sustainability game, it's, it's impossible to, uh, to move on. So sustainability is, is probably the, the second big trend we see nowadays. A third very interesting trend that we see is fintechs trying to, to become a super app. So if you go to, to China, WeChat. So it's not just a payments app. It's also an application for everything. So this is a new trend. We see it also in Europe. We see it globally. Uh, not sure if it's going to, to survive for long, but it's, it's a hot thing right now. <clears throat> Fourth thing, which is also a, a big, uh, let's say, unknown for many years, is the blockchain technology and crypto. So the technology is amazing. Crypto, with all the doubts that go around it, seems to be still flourishing. So uh, this is still, it attracts a lot of attention, a lot of capital, a lot of, yes. Then another thing that has been flourishing for many years and it's now really picking up speed is the banking as a service. Banking as a service, the, the very interesting thing about it, it's how it democratizes access to innovation. So you have this great idea, you don't need to build the full infrastructure of a bank. You just go there, use a bus provider, and you bring this to market in a very short period with a, a very small capital. So it's, it's an amazing enabler, let's say, for fintechs. And in the same spirit, you go to embedded finance. So you are a merchant and you want to, to go into the finance innovation. Embedded finance can enable all kinds of new and exotic use cases that we haven't seen yet. Then the next big thing that already has been in the, couple, the last couple of years and still now evolving and also we've seen uh, the traditional banks getting into this game is buy now, pay later. So giving microcredit through, the, through your debit card or through an application so that you get installments for your day-to-day -day purchases. It seems to be getting globally a lot of momentum 
a lot of new players coming in and also traditional banks getting more and more interested in this kind of microcredit. <clears throat> and finally, the, the area where we haven't seen yet the promised potential, but we, we are still very hopeful that we will see, is open banking. Open banking, if you think about it, it's like the wider promise of open data. So how can different players leverage on the data of other players and their own to, to give the consumer the best possible service? So open banking is definitely something that we'll be seeing taking off in the next few years. There are basically a number of trends that we're seeing emerging now. Um, in Malta, we talk all the time about digitalization, but it's not the only one. I understand that you're looking at the technology and, and also the fact, as you said, some of these things are being driven by the customers rather than by the need for you know, greater returns and greater efficiency. That's, so that's a very interesting thing. That's, that's true, Vanessa. And to be honest with you, I think the customer, what we see more and more, and I think this is also in the core of the, of the fintech innovation, we see that the customer is the heart of the thing. So customer centricity is number one. And then there are different layers on top of it. So you, you have innovative technology, and then you have all kinds of digitization, but the heart is the consumer journey. So how can we optimize that? And then technology gets a meaning. So we use technology to optimize the consumer experience, right? So I, I think what is changing from the traditional banking system to the fintech revolution is that we take away the organizational view of the world where the bank was the center of the interaction and we move it to the consumer. So now the consumer is the heart of the interaction and we build everything around the optimization of the consumer experience. Including consumers who've never had access to, to banking services. <coughs> That's true. So, That's I mean, true. the world has changed now. We've got, uh, when we're talking about globalization, you're talking about people all over the world who, who never had a, a brick and mortar bank to go to. This is, this is the, 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 the true heart of the problem because when we Europeans talk about banking, we think Europeans. But, you know, the, the wide world out there, which is like the huge, the vast majority of the people, we have unbankable people, we have partially banked people. So giving access to, to the financial services to these people is a huge bet, both from a social and a financial perspective. Well, just in my lifetime, uh, the role of people like MasterCard has changed completely. I mean, we, we were never able to buy online, pay with credit cards online and so on. But obviously what MasterCard is doing goes well beyond all of this. So. Talk me through some of the things that you're doing to prepare and to help this fintech revolution. Okay, so Mastercard has been in the forefront of this revolution for many years and we have been collaborating with pretty much a lot of the fintechs in Europe, a lot of the neobanks, and we have even changed our whole structure to, to support this. So <clears throat> we have a couple of very structured, if you wish, uh, programs nowadays to, to support fintechs. Our, let's say, flagship is Starpath. Starpath has been, has been around since 2014. We have supported more than 350 uh, fintechs around the world. And it, it basically applies to later stage startups. Uh, and it gives them access to the full MasterCard network. So our technology, our people, our customers, so we will go together hand in hand with them and, you know, 
talk to, to... So you're seeing them as partners, not rivals. Absolutely. And I think this is, this is Vanessa, what you're touching is very fundamental. One of the things, one of the key enablers, let's say, for a fintech environment is that everybody in the pre-existing financial services industry, we need to see fintechs as partners. Even, you know, the biggest success is when the traditional banking players also see fintechs as potential partners, right? They are not competitors. They can bring common value to the market uh, really, really fast. So Starpath is, is exactly in this logic. So how can we take fintechs and help them grow through access to our expertise, to our network, to our own customers? So this is, this is extremely important. And what huge, to, to be honest with you, what huge success with this and also some very big names like um, Revolut, for instance, have been through the, the Starpath program. Oh, gosh. Okay. So <laughs> you're not, you really are talking about when we think of startups, we always think of these small two or three people, but these are enormous it, entities. It, it's very interesting because uh, this is another good point because Starpaths and startups in general, and uh, even the Starpath applies to later stage, but Usually when we think about startups or fintech or whatever, you are thinking about small things that you know, grow to a stage. But you need to take a more holistic view from the very small, you know, the, the idea, the generation of the idea and the, you know, getting started up to becoming a full-fledged, fully operational enterprise, right? So scaling and growing is not automatic. It requires support, it requires infrastructure and so on and so forth. So this is why you will see that <clears throat> we also engage with startups in different stages. For instance, we have this MasterCard Engage program, right, where we, we try to, to bring together fintech enablers, so companies that are certified and that can assist the players and their potential customers as well. So how can you bring together these two different parts of the ecosystem to, to activate, to accelerate innovation? One, one of the key aspects, and we are discussing it throughout the study, one of the key aspects that we see uh, for any kind of startup and fintech innovation is how you can bring together the different players in the ecosystem. Because there's like this myth, that, you know, there's like this very smart, very charismatic leader that has a fantastic idea, brings along two coders, gets some funding, and then, you know, he comes out with the product. This is a myth, right? Like, in my mind, startups and fintechs in particular, they're very much like children. And you need the village to help them grow, right? And the village has a lot of different, a lot of different elements here and there, right? So you have the regulator, you have the government, you have all sorts of different players that need to coordinate, that need to play together nicely so that you get an environment that can support and nurture and grow a, a startup ecosystem, right? So this is what we're trying to, to do in MasterCard. All our programs are kind of designed to help us act as a hub, act, help us bring together different disparate parts from the enablers, from the actual fintechs, from the, our banking clients, bring them together, say, guys, you can create value if you work together on this. So this is, this is how MasterCard, and it's, it's kind of also in our uh, very nature because we're a network, right? So we are thinking like a network, a global network of bringing different players on the same table, 
help them do, bring value together. During the Finance Malta Conference, um, we also <coughs> had the opportunity to listen to the Mastercard analysis of the local sector, of the fintech sector in Malta, which is obviously something that we are looking at quite a lot. What can you tell us about it? Mm-hmm. Well, um, we have engaged in this exercise, in this study, because two things. One is we're very committed as a local cluster to support Malta. Right? We, we see a lot of potential in this jurisdiction and we are very much committed to assist. The second thing is that we feel that there, there have been a lot of steps, both in the regulatory aspect and the government appetite, let's say, for creating a hub here. Uh, and we, we would like to understand a bit how you can push a bit, a, f- a step further there. And one of the, let's say, of the key elements of our recommendation, this is just a, a teaser, if you wish, is that we believe the government needs to go out with a renewed fintech manifesto. So how can you position your country as a fintech hub, as a hub of anything in fact, but fintech hub in particular? First, you state your intent. You say, you know what? Malta will be a fintech hub. And by the way, as it has been seen over the years and different studies from different companies have shown, Malta is a good place to be a hub. So first step is you go out and you say, you know, people, I declare my intent to be a fintech hub. And then you start building the infrastructure for that. And how does that go? It goes with extroversion, stating this message across the different players. It goes with building bridges, if you wish, with other players. And other players might be, you know, I understand there is fintech hub uh, expertise in the UK, in Singapore. Let me check how these people are doing this. So working together with people rather than seeing everybody as a rival. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So governments can connect with other countries that are already a couple of steps ahead or, and I would say, they should connect with their neighbors. So Greece, Cyprus, say, okay, let's see how we can bring together regional activities, you know, where we can actually set the Mediterranean as a, as a hub of fintech innovation. Then you need to, you can also think about it a bit out of the box. How can you connect with financial services centers like the Middle East, Dubai, Saudi? How can you connect with them where there is huge appetite for innovation, huge capital, and they are actually starving for new ideas, for innovative startups, right? So this is also very, very important to to consider. And then, and this is very, very interesting, how can the government directly support bilateral communication collaboration within Malta? How can you invest in bringing together academia with fintechs? How can you bring together banking institutions with fintechs? Right? How can you? How can the government go and support this kind of collaboration within the within the, the island? And then, if you think about it, because you know most of the of the governments will tell you, you know what, we want ideas to actually bring funding. 
outside the country. And the, the magical thing is that as soon as the investors get some confidence that this jurisdiction is competent, has a, a nice legal framework, is willing to play with us, then funding seems to come not only organically, I would say magically, because you know there is a lot of money out there that needs to be invested somewhere. So the investors are equally anxious to put their money somewhere that they feel safe, that they have a good response from the country. But apart from that, there are some a few, let's say, things you can do as a government. One, and I think Malta is doing very well in that front, is taxation. And taxation, not only low taxation, a low, simple taxation that is predictable. Because when you invest in a company, you want to make sure that this jurisdiction will not change the rules in one year, right? So the tax system is very important. To so if we are doing any uh, any changes, we need to do them quickly and make it communicate them very exactly. quickly. Okay. So I think the, the taxation needs to be have a roadmap. For I mean, you might not drop your your uh, tax rates at ten percent, but you might tell the investors that look, guys, we're at twenty, and dropping like that or going there, and this is the system as we envision it in five years or in ten years. So this is very important. Also, Malta should start thinking a bit more holistically, not just startups, growth stage companies, enterprises. So how can you nurture your startup ecosystem to take the next steps? Right? So this is extremely important. And also you cannot be everything for everyone. right? So now that the crypto, let's say mania is kind of uh, 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 let's say renormalizing. Off the table, yeah. <laughs> being a fintech hub, not just a startup hub, which is too abstract. Being a crypto hub, it's too specific. Being a startup hub, it's too abstract. But taking the whole fintech revolution, which is huge, right, and deciding to be the jurisdiction that focuses on fintechs can be an amazing opportunity. And as MasterCard, we are very happy to, to help you grow in that direction. Akis, thank you so much. You've given us an awful lot to think about. Thank you for being with thank us. Thank you, Vanessa. It was a pleasure. That's all for today. Subscribe now to the FinTalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. Till the next podcast.